You're listening to the Build Shaves Podcast presented by Midco Sports. Coming up this week on Midco Sports and streaming live on Midco Sports Plus, live coverage of the Summit League Baseball Championships from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Get your fix of Summit League Championship action all this weekend live on Midco Sports and streaming on Midco Sports Plus, your home for the best live events in the upper Midwest all season long. This is how we do sports and this is the Build Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. We're calling this the season four finale. Alex Seinert, Bill Shaves here with you, along with a special guest we're going to introduce in just a second. We're taping this on a Monday, a Monday morning, May the 23rd. Bill, spring here, school in the rear view. How are things going as summer gets started for you? Things are good, Alex, as always. Uh, we're going to have to figure out whether or not we leave this uh, on a cliffhanger or not. So we will see, you know, as I, my wife and I have been, I'll call it binging succession. They seem to do a fairly good job of that. Mm. So uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, stay tuned to the end of the B-side. Okay. Okay. Well, with that in mind, <laughs> it's a delicious tease from Bill. Uh, by the way, today's program, we're going to talk about everything that's been going on in UND Athletics the last couple of weeks, set the scene for the summer. But first, a lot of stuff to get to involving a special new initiative around the University of North Dakota. And who better to talk about it than the man that's that's heading it, the director of UND Student Athlete Development, Tyler Burmeister. Tyler, thanks for being with us this morning. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So this is a, a, an exciting thing. No DAC Net, the No DAC Network that you've been helping launch the last couple of months. Uh, just talk us through it. We've, we've discussed it on the pod before, but fr- from your mouth, what is kind of the rundown? What is this all about and where did this idea get started? Yeah, it, I mean, it's actually been a couple more than a couple months uh, building process here. It's actually been about a year's time worth with uh, our company Grafted who helped build the Nodak Net for us. And it was a it was a pretty long process to make sure that this was the right platform for us to really dive into our career development and mentorship initiatives. So we did a lot of research and making sure that this was going to be a good fit for what our student athletes and alumni need. And when we did all of our research and found that Grafted was going to be our best situated app-based program for our student athletes and alumni, we really got the, the gears going pretty quickly there. And uh, basically, in a sense, the app is a video app platform that allows for our current student athletes to connect with our UND alumni and our preferred employer partners that are out there as well. So we're looking for career development advice. We're looking for mentorship opportunities. It's really for a way for our alumni to stay engaged with our campus, but also for our student athletes to get that uh, career exploration and career readiness advice that's going to really be beneficial to them after they graduate. And obviously, years down the line, and hopefully down the line, they flip the, the switch and become the, the next wave of mentors for our future student athletes at UND. So it's been a really exciting initiative. We've had a lot of different uh, capabilities with the app, and we're still exploring a lot of different things with the app in which we can you know, continue to expand and be better. But um, as of right now, it's been very exciting to get all of our student athletes onboarded and starting to really dive into their career development and starting to really focus heavily, especially this summer, we'll be focusing heavily on the alumni outreach component and making sure that all of our alumni come back to the app and are really ready to be that catalyst for our student athletes for their career readiness. So Tyler, you know, if you took your position, we, we get our, uh, our student athletes right at the beginning and you teach a course. And then I, just from a really macro standpoint, just, just walk 
our listeners through kind of what you do with our current student athletes all the way now to this particular app? Yeah, and that's a really good idea to talk about that, Bill, because actually we're a month away from starting our summer section of University 101 for our incoming freshmen. And it's a really a great way for us to kick off our freshman experience and having them understand the resources and what it means to be a student athlete at the University of North Dakota. So we have a course that's designed specifically for student athletes to really talk about the academic readiness, to talk about the health and wellness topics. And then there is that career readiness component of the classes well, which is where we hope to introduce NodakNet to all of our incoming freshmen so they can really get a kickstart on building their networks and having an opportunity to explore different career fields if they haven't yet done so, hopefully narrow down a major pretty quickly as well. So that freshman class is really important for us to you know, get the ball rolling, get our student athletes off on the right foot, and then hopefully we see them all the way to the point of where they earn that degree and cross the stage. And we've, we've seen really good success from our student athletes that have gone through this class to really prepare themselves for what it means to be a student athlete and focusing on all the different identities that they have. But I mean, moving on from there, there, it's all about the transitional areas for our student athletes. And uh, one of the things that we also cover is our Student Athlete Leadership Academy, which is a way for our student athletes to you know, really dive into their leadership skills and competencies, focusing on a personal side in that year one and then year two, moving more so into how do I take these leadership lessons and formulate it into our team settings. And then year three is really about, again, those transitional career topics of how do I sell myself as a leader and how do I really inform my future employer that I'm ready and have the skill sets and the transferable skills from being a student athlete and from our leadership opportunities um, really helps it in that capacity as well. And then obviously we do a lot of community service work at the University of North Dakota. It is a true culture of service. We just wrapped up our calendar year and had about 5,100 hours of community service, which was great for us. And we have amazing community partners out there that we're always excited to be working with and continuing to build those relationships with them. And we'll continue to see more and more opportunities to for our student athletes to get involved in the community. And I think that's a big part of what really makes our student athlete experience great is that Grand Forks is such a supportive community and our student athletes want to give back to that. So that's a big part of that transition of helping them feel like this is a part of their home and a future home for them, even after long after they graduate. So a lot of different initiatives there. And then a lot of some, some of the other stuff that I'll cover as well is I'll do the career readiness stuff. We're working with resumes, cover letters, uh, graduate applications for our student athletes, just to really make sure that they are prepared and ready for life after UND. So there's a lot of hats that I wear, but uh, it's very enjoyable, especially when you get to work with these student athletes. And I, I guess the other thing that I do cover is our student athlete leadership groups with our student athlete advisory committee and our student athletes for inclusion and diversity group. And I actually have to give a quick shout out to Sammy Fort from our football team. He's actually down in Houston, Texas right now for the Black Student Athlete Summit. So he was our said scholarship stipend and winner to head down and get some great lessons on how to empower his experience as a student athlete. And then uh, another cool shout out to Jolie Daniger from women's basketball. She'll be heading down to Indianapolis for the NCA leadership development career and sports forum. So again, we got really awesome student athletes that are doing great work and it's always fun when we get to acknowledge them and all their successes and what they're doing outside of their sports as well. So again, a lot of hats, but that's what's enjoyable about the job is you get to really get to see these individuals beyond just the athlete side and help them go where they're going in life. So we ended up, uh, Tyler, and I thought this was great. And so 
Back to Nodak Net, which kind of now is kind of the end, right? It's the capstone, if you will, as you head in. And the, the cross-pollination between sports, too, is great. So I, I sat in on a um, number of uh, conversations with our football alums wanting to do something like this at some stage of the game. Well, we kind of almost did one better, in a sense. We just didn't limit it to, to football. And that's kind of the neat thing because there's a filtering system so just kind of go through the filtering system to some degree yeah i mean we that's what has been great about where this app came in is we've we've had a lot of different alumni groups out there willing to give back their time and willing to give back um you know their expertise creating those opportunities for life after sport and we just never had the actual platform to really make it work and all of a sudden this app came along and now we have all these opportunities and not just our football group we have our women's athletic leadership council that has been very instrumental in helping us with our mentorship opportunities as well and yeah now that we have these this platform we have student athletes from different sports that are able to now communicate and connect with other sports you know, alumni from other sports as well, focusing on whatever their career path might be. So if you have a, a current engineering student athlete, they might connect with an engineering student athlete that's five years removed or five years graduated at this point. Now it's an opportunity for them to, you know, get outside of their sport bubbles as well and really formulate just a huge UND community, not just within their sport bubbles. So it's a really, it's a fun way for us to really connect not only from the career side of things, but also creating these sport bubbles as well, where if you wanted to connect with a, you know, a student athlete that's five years removed in your sport, you still have that opportunity to do so. So there's a lot of cool ways for us to keep utilizing this app. And one of the cool other features that we have is our own job board now. So we're seeing our own alumni being able to provide these career and internship opportunities to our student athletes as well. So you know, sky's the limit on where this app can go, but it's really exciting to see where uh, the buy-in that we've gotten from our student athlete leadership groups. And now we're just taking it to that next step of really diving into our alumni base and those career partners that we have. So Tyler, as an alum, how do you get involved? If you, if you want to get into this system and help out kids who are currently at UND, what's that process like? Oh, a very simple process. So it just got to go on your smartphone and go to your preferred app store and just do a quick search of Net. download the app itself. And then there's just a simple onboarding process that'll just ask some quick questions about you know, what your background information is. So if you're a preferred employer, you'll give that information. If you are an alumni, your process is actually a lot easier because a lot of the stuff will be implemented for you automatically by just identifying that you were a student athlete at UND at one point. So you just got to go through a simple onboarding process. And luckily for us, we, this is very admin protected. So this community is only going to allow individuals that are, you know, student athlete alumni, our preferred employers. We want this to be a tight knit community where we control who's in here. So we don't want any outsiders that are not supposed to be within our community. So it's a great way for us to really kind of safeguard who's in our community, but also make sure that we are really providing a wide variety of not only career paths, but obviously our sports as well. And in a simple way, just go to your app store, search Nodak.net and go through the onboarding process. Yeah. If I can give a plug to uh, anyone that's listening that wants to do uh, it for us in our student athletes, it'd be awesome. Uh, you know, it's as we watch our, our um, incoming freshmen uh, and I'll say freshmen, I, I won't use necessarily transfers at this point because they might be two or three years in, but even if you've got a four or five year uh, career here, it goes by fast. And there seems to be a tipping point when it's 
oh my, um, I'm I'm just about done in, in what's next. And so I think the what's next actually gives you the opportunity to really maybe reach out and, and talk to some folks that have gone through some things that you're literally going through and giving yourself an opportunity to say, is this something I want to do in X field? And, uh, you know, that's the exciting part to all of this. I second that. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you, as a student athlete, and especially just as a college student in general, when you get to be that, that junior, senior, and you know that your time in school is, is winding down, it's hard to know your next course of action and to have people that can give you specifics and give you a, a direction maybe, or here's some examples of what I did after I left that were in your same shoes. Those things are valuable. And, and really that's gonna make a big difference, I think, for our kids moving forward. Plus again, I said, it works the other way too for people that, are, that have just left. You can feel like you're still connected to a school that meant a lot to you recently in your life. I think a, a, a sneaky, um, um positive to this is is alums connecting with alums to some degree too mm -hmm. because as you're transitioning through your career you, you know who knows where this is all going to go you know general raymond when he gave the uh, commencement address i thought said something um incredibly germane is that you know his job literally did not exist when he came out um, and I would assume that during uh, all of uh, our student athletes careers moving forward, there's going to be many jobs that have not even yet to be created. And so to have this connectivity where you have a baseline that it's, let's call it UND athletics, you already go in with a comfort level of a conversation and then you can kind of go from there. So, you know, we're, we're really excited about it, Alex. I think it's a nice way. To, to really connect all of our uh, athletes, both uh, here today, that we're here, and the athletes for tomorrow. Uh, so far, I know this has only been going on for a semester or so where it's been officially launched. Tyler, have you seen any particular anecdotes or things, you know, specifics of current student athletes getting some help? People love stories, Tyler. Do you have any specifics that you can give us? Yeah, we're so that's actually one of the fun things with uh, our grafted group is they're able to provide us with that information of, you know, how the app is being utilized. And we're seeing a lot of different direct messaging taking place between our student athletes and our alumni. Um, so that's really encouraging that they are making those connections and they are really diving into specifically not only their sport networks, but also looking into those career networks as well. Um, specifically, as of right now, I know we've had a couple of student athletes that have uh, dove into our alumni spotlights. So we've had, we feature some of our alumni on an alumni spotlight basis, and we've had our student athletes see those spotlights and connect with those individuals. So we're already seeing the connection piece. Um, and I know we've had a number of student athletes express interest in some of the job opportunities that we've posted on the job boards so far. But um, as of right now, um, you know, it's a slow and steady race with this app and in the rollout process. So I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more success stories as we continue to go along with the rollout process. And um, I'm, I'm just excited of where that possibility is going to go with these potential connections and where that's gone. Because we look back at some of our mentorship partnerships that we've had in the past and just without even having this app, we've had great success in those per personal development lessons, those career development lessons. I think actually one of our our current alumni spotlight is Tracy Kovar, who is one of our women's athletic leadership members. And she had a mentorship partnership with Jacqueline Wells from our soccer program back in the day that was also highlighted in our alumni magazine. But you see some of these awesome partnerships and mentorship um, 
capabilities that we get from just the connections they make. I know uh, Jill Chalua has been an amazing mentor as well. And she has had uh, Rebecca Hughes was also one of our alumni spotlights and Davide Caligari from men's tennis. You just hear some of the stories that these student athletes express about how it helped prepare them for that next phase of life and getting through some of those tough transitions. And as Bill mentioned, I think the alumni on alumni's part is also going to be very valuable because we're going to have a lot of student athletes that are going to be pivoting careers. And like the stats are out there that a lot of people will pivot careers at some point. So to have that in your back pocket, to know I can just go back to the network and start connecting with other individuals in a different industry or go back to my mentor and figure out, you know, what do I do next? It's exciting to see where these mentorship capabilities are going to go for, especially from the career side. So I'm looking forward to seeing where some of these more success stories come from. So, Alex, I, I always kind of end this, uh, I'll call it conversation, uh, by stealing what Coach Schweigert likes to say is, you know, we don't uh, recruit you for four years, it's for 40 years. And so this gives you a chance for, for folks to be connected. And there might be times where, you know, you're, you're into the app more than other times, but we need you at all times in a sense of just being a part of it and uh, just gives us a chance to make sure that all of our student athletes have something uh, to look forward to when they uh, finally, uh, I don't know, let's just say go to the other rink, right? They, they're, they're staring at the <laughs> other rink, not rink one. A lot of them are, have, have made that transition here in the last month, which is exciting. And, so, and the next batch is going to be on the way. So, well, good. T Tyler, we really appreciate you taking some time. Again, it's an exciting venture that UND Athletics is embarking on. It's going to make a big difference in the lives of these young men and women. So, well done and best of luck as this moves forward. Yes, thank you so much, Alex. Thanks, Tyler. Good stuff from Tyler Burmeister. Uh, obviously a passionate man who's been doing this for a long time, working in the student athlete world with the University of North Dakota. Uh, this is a great initiative that's gonna make a big difference. I'm excited to see some more of those stories come out now, especially once you get this in place for an incoming group. So the freshmen coming in now will have this at their disposal to start with. That's gonna make a big difference for that particular class and, then, and the classes above them now as they move forward. Yeah, real happy that Tyler was able to describe on a macro level what he does with all of our student athletes. And really, it's really from the second you walk on campus to when you're about to receive your uh, degree, your, um, in, in, in your, you're trying to figure out what's next. You know, Some majors, as we know, are pretty um, prescriptive. Like, you know what you're getting into, right? If you're in a teaching degree, you probably are going to go be a teacher and it's just whether or not you have the connections to get the job. But, you know, sometimes if you're in a little bit of a degree seeking uh, uh, way that maybe you just don't know what's next for you, this might give you the opportunity to at least pick the brain of some people that have done it. I mean, that's, that's the way to do it. I should ask, have you seen this executed in any of your previous stops? Obviously not probably an app form like this, but this sort of an idea, either at Eastern or Quinnipiac or Baylor, any place else you've been? Hey, Alex, I, I think, you know, I think certainly we're not, you know, breaking ground here. I mean, it's 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 basically a mentoring uh, uh, opportunity, uh, but it utilizing technology in a way now that can really slice and dice, you know, where you're at and what might make sense for you. So the filtering could be literally by career, by region of the country, by sport that you played. So 
there's a lot of ways to to use this app and probably not in this format per se, but it's just a, a more technological way to get more people involved um, that that are discussing things that interest them. And in a lot of ways, you know what our our, our chairs can do? And I, I always say this, you know, at, you know, Hall of Fame dinners and those things. Our job is to make sure that we continue to connect eras. And this is another way for us to connect eras. Uh, and it's just utilizing, you know, what's out there at this stage of the game. Yeah, well, no net the app to go to if you were a UND student athlete alum, a great chance to give back uh, to the current crop and to connect with others that maybe you've lost touch with a little bit. Again, like Tyler said, just download it on your phone, just Nodaknet, and then go from there. Fightinghawks.com. If you go to uh, Inside Athletics to the staff directory, you'll see Tyler Burmeister. You could always reach out to him as well, and he would be happy to uh, to chat with you if you have questions before kind of jumping in. I mean, some people, you know, I, I get it. Like, you know, you're inundated with a lot of things in life. You have to kind of decide, am I going to dive into this pool or not? Good. Good to know. Cool. Easy to get started there. Um, Tyler's a great guy. Easy, e- a good resource to have for this sort of a thing. Um, from that to what else has been going on around UND athletics, including a couple of spring sports wrapping up slash kind of kicking off into the second half of their season, um, starting with track and field. Uh, they were down in Tulsa this last week. The women uh, finishing fourth as a team. The men's wait. Uh, sorry. Were they in Tulsa? Why am I blanking? They were in Tulsa, right? Like, because baseball's in Tulsa too. Everything's in Oklahoma this year, including the PGA golf, Championship. The golf was in everything's Tulsa. in Everything Tulsa. Is the place to be. If you don't know where it is, it's Tulsa. <laughs> we're keeping all this in. The women finish fourth as a team. The men finish sixth. Ten UND athletes are in all summit honors. A number of champions. Uh, how about Alisa Yulset, the field athlete of the year? Jaden Keeler, the newcomer of the year at the championships. A lot of really good performances down there for the men and women over that three-day event in Tulsa, Bill. Yeah, and uh, also uh, you mentioned Elise, and then uh, we've got Natalie Mooring and Luke Labatt that have uh, qualified for the West uh, the West Regionals, and the, that'll be going on during uh, Memorial Day weekend. And so congratulations to, to those three. Um, uh, Lisa will be uh, participating in two events. And so, uh, so it's exciting and uh, you're right. Um, it was awesome to be uh, recognized with a couple of awards as well. So uh, I think coach Varen camp has uh, everything going in the right direction. One cool story about Elise. So again, she's a transfer in. she came with Jim Varen camp from Queens and D2. She was a great T2 athlete. She has been phenomenal at the D1 level. Again, a great multi-sport athlete. Because she's already top 24 in the nation in the heptathlon, she's already qualified for nationals in that event. So instead of having her go and win that at the conference level, they decided to put her in all the individual events. And she goes out and wins the long jump and, and places high in the javelin and qualifies for the regionals in those two individual events. So Elise doesn't do the heptathlon. Her teammate, Brooklyn Gould, then wins it. And UND's got one of the best heptathlon groups in the nation this year. They were number two in the country at one point behind only Duke in that particular discipline. I just thought that was really cool. Like smart bit of coaching. You've already qualified in this. Go qualify in some other stuff. And your teammate's going to go out and then have a phenomenal performance and win a championship. It's pretty cool. It's, that's, that's neat for that particular event group to have that kind of success top to bottom. Yeah, that's a, uh, you know, I'll, I'll call it 
you know, behind the curtain inside track and field, right? Like how you yeah. kind of go about that. I guess I would just wouldn't have occurred to me in that regard in, unless you've, you know, participated or, um, you know, you've discussed it with, uh, with um, your team. And so uh, it was cool. It really was. Yeah. When I was looking at results coming in on like Thursday, Friday, and they're doing the HEP results and I didn't see Elite's name and was kind of like, oh, did she get hurt? What happened? Like she's by far the best heptathlon, like multi-event person in the league. And then it came out like, oh, that's right. She's, she's doing everything else. She's going to do all the things that you would do in the HEP, but just do them as an individual athlete and then had great success. But yeah, as you said, three going on to the West Regionals down in Fayette, uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, coming up on the 26th to the 28th. And then uh, Elise, Natalie, and Luke have a chance to move on to Nationals, where Elise is already going to be there out in Eugene in the second weekend of June. So pretty exciting stuff for the outdoor track and field squad. Uh, really good, really good end of the season for that group. Yeah, those meets are always so impressive. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, you're on, right? Like it's, it's a stage performance and uh, you've got to have a great, great um, day. And so uh, we're excited for those three uh, student athletes. Softball, by the way, also wrapping up their season. Uh, What a weird week. This was two weeks ago uh, in Brookings, or it was supposed to be in Brookings. Uh, The UND was supposed to play North Dakota State on a Wednesday. Bad weather came in. That game got moved to Thursday. Uh, North Dakota lost their first round match to the Bison 5-2. It was a good game. I mean, hung in there, made a late charge, got a couple runners on base late in the seventh and just couldn't amount the comeback. So their season ends in the first round of the Summit League Championships. But then the tournament itself took a wild turn, Bill, where there was... 90 mile an hour winds that blew through southeastern South Dakota and really, in, for lack of a better term, I mean, wrecked South Dakota State's campus. There were power lines down all over the place. Power was out in Brookings for a couple of days. They had to move the tournament to Vermilion and the tournament finished up over the next couple of days down at the University of South Dakota. But NSIC baseball, by the way, from a D2 level was supposed to be played in Sioux Falls. That had to get moved. There was a lot of stuff that got messed up in the southeastern part of the state of South Dakota last week and softball was certainly in the crosshairs of that, unfortunately. Yeah. Kara Helmig was down there. She's our sports supervisor for softball. And she said it was scary. I mean, uh, after the game uh, that we played with NDSU, uh, they really wanted us uh, to, to vacate pretty quick. And uh, they went back to the hotel and sort of uh, waited it out for about an hour or two and then got got on the road that night. Um, but yeah, the, uh, you know, again, mother nature, when she's rolling, I mean, you've got to get out of the way for sure. And uh, I think uh, the conference made a great decision. I know uh, Josh Fenton was on the, on the uh, phone with all the coaches and the ADs. And, you know, fortunately they were, they were lucky enough to be able to go to Vermilion and uh, credit to uh, David Herbster and his staff to be able to get the field ready and get everything rolling. But uh, sometimes you just have to pivot, right? And uh, it just, it worked out uh, for us to do that. And congratulations to Cassie Castaneda, who was uh, selected to uh, Summit League All Championship Tournament team. Uh, And so, uh, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, making the tournament and, you know, I thought it kind of ended in a lot of ways, the way the whole season went, we just couldn't find that hit. I mean, and sometimes you just, you know, sometimes you have a season like that, Alex, where just you got runners on scoring position. You got to get a hit, right? And uh, unfortunately, we just kind of, you know, been uh, stung by that all year. Yeah. So for Jordan Stevens and company now an off season to try and continue to recruit and build up that squad. Um, But yeah, some bright spots certainly this year and more to come for that team in the future. 
couple of just news and notes from around UND athletics as well. Hockey was named tops in the country in attendance for an eighth year in a row, just just north of 11,000 people on average, 11,294, the official number. Uh, big news from the hockey side as well with the REA and UND athletics forming a partnership, Fighting Hawk Sports Partnerships now becoming a new thing in terms of sports marketing, et cetera. Talk us through about that partnership a little bit though. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. That we announced that on Thursday. And so uh, we had had a, uh, an arrangement with a third party multimedia rights uh, holder, which was Learfield uh, and Learfield, as you are well aware, um, certainly has a, a number of uh, um partnerships with universities all around the country. And, uh, you know, we had conversations uh, with them and, and they've been awesome uh, for us. We, we've enjoyed our relationship. Our 10-year um, run with them had been coming to uh, an end and we, based on state law, we would have to go out to RFP with that. And so, uh, you know, we, we decided um, and we had, had had conversations even when I got here in 2018, 19, 20, uh, you know, Jody and I, Jody Hodgson, general manager of the REA, um, they've been out and about selling uh, um, uh, dasher boards and inventory that's at the Ralph. And we've been doing the same here in athletics. And, you know, we, we, we had conversations about, you know, joining forces, if you will, combining assets and making it a little bit easier for our partners in the marketplace, um, as opposed to, I'll call it UND Athletics uh, via Learfield going in for a meeting. And then the next uh, hour, uh, someone from the Ralph coming in for a meeting. Now there's one meeting. And so uh, I, I think behind the curtain, it makes sense for us. We can kind of figure out the details. Um, but I think for all of our partners and uh, folks within uh, both the, the local level, um, the regional level, and, and certainly the national level, it made some sense for us. Yeah, well, nice, nice move for the athletics department to, to join up with people that you know and like and work with a lot. And as you said, hopefully this simplifies things for everybody's sake as you move forward in securing some of those advertising dollars, et cetera. Correct. I think that's that was the key. I mean, I, I think uh, going in with uh, more in your toolbox for the conversations, um, I think, you know, it puts the onus really where it should be on us to kind of spread things out, but we need to make it as, uh, as easy as possible for our partners. And uh, I think this scenario provides that opportunity. So expect a call soon from Fighting Hawks Sports Partnerships. Yes. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in the, uh, in the area and uh, have, a, have a great product or a great service. Check your sell. voicemail. Could be there already. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, anything else, Bill, from a UND Athletics NCAA perspective? Anything else that stands out? You know, we do have, uh, and I know this is our last, uh, last, uh, I'll call it biweekly um, podcast. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll uh, do one in June and, and see what happens. But I do have spring uh, meetings coming up this week at in the Summit League. And so uh, kind of tis the season for that type of stuff. And so, uh, so more to come on that. I think the next time we chat, Alex, maybe we'll have a little bit more information on, you know, where we're going with the transformation committee. Um, there's been a lot of uh, 
let's just say content provided by certain coaches around the country um, about NIL and uh, what's transpired <laughs> there. Um, so we could probably do a whole pot on that at some stage, but let's, let's not do that at this point in time. Let's, let's uh, eagerly await what's going to happen, even though let's just say uh, uh, it's a daily occurrence trying to figure out what's transpiring. You don't want to get into the SEC, how the SEC turns the soap opera <laughs> that's taking place <laughs> between College Station and, and Tuscaloosa and all these other places down there. I'm not think, interested I think in waiting in. I think yet? the sneaky, the sneaky thing about it is watching the other. Uh, let's just say, you know, whether it be, uh, oh, I don't know, Ole Miss or you know Georgia or whomever, just sort of adding their kind of two cents from, from the outside too. So uh, I think SEC meetings might be going on this week too. So that ought to be interesting. Oh that should be fun. That'll be a good time. Well, as we, as we wrap up then uh, season four of this podcast, I, let's take a moment just to look back before we flip over to the B side. Another really great year for UND athletics, a great school year, obviously great academic year. You have so much success in the classroom, in the community for our student athletes and for our teams. And then a lot of success in the field of play as well, on the field, on the court, on the ice, on the track, et cetera. What stands out to you, Bill, about the 2021-2022 academic year from an athletic side? Yeah, I, I, I'd say, Alex, it's really the, the, the resiliency of bouncing back after a pandemic. And, and I think, you know, as I went to commencement, you know, I'm watching all the grads go across the stage and it kind of struck me, you know, it's been really obviously an odd, odd, you know, couple of years for, for everyone, uh, you know, not just the graduates, but, you know, to, to really have to vacate campus, you know, a couple of years ago um, to trying to figure out, you know, how to do various things uh, on campus, whether it be athletics or flying in a plane or doing a theater show. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're just different things. Uh, you know, although it wasn't awesome in, in so many ways, maybe, you know, you're going to look back and say there's a resiliency that was built up uh, in, in, in addition to the academics that you, uh, you know, awesome academics that you got here at the University of North Dakota. But, you know, athletically, yeah, I, I, I look at the, um, the well-roundedness of our student athletes where they do do a great job. They're, they know why they're here is to get their degree and make a difference moving forward. And then, uh, as, you know, Tyler had said, you know, connecting with our alums and, and, and really making a difference in the world. And they make a difference while they're here in the community too. And, uh, you know, that's important. Um, you know, athletically, I, you know, I candid, candidly, you know, we need to, we need to get better in some areas. And I, I've been really clear um, that, you know, we have had some, um, you know, interesting times here, but I, I do, I'm bullish moving forward about where we're going to head. But, uh, but certainly we, we've had some challenges in a few of our uh, programs and, uh, you know, we're, we're addressing some things as we're moving forward. And I think some of that has to do with facilities. I think some of that um, has to do with, uh, you know, transition into conferences. And so, all that to be said, you know, I'm, I'm excited about next year already. Um, you know, obviously, don't you'd never want to wish the summer away by any stretch, but I'm excited when it gets to uh, August and 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 how our teams are going to look moving forward. You know, you mentioned the transition from a pandemic to sort of the post-pandemic, and it's amazing that you do kind of forget this year was 
was fairly normal, like in terms of, you know, if you, how much different would this year look from maybe the 2018, 2019 school year? Not, not too different, but this also was kind of the first year in like three years that things were quote unquote normal, sort of from start to finish, that these kids that are experiencing this academic year didn't have a normal year last year by any stretch. And they certainly didn't have a normal year the year before when everything just ended. So you're talking maybe students who were seniors this year that really only experienced their second sort of quote unquote normal year of college and how, how much that must have felt like a breath of fresh air and so good to be back in a student union again and so good to be on the road with your teammates again or so like all the all those check marks that are just a given it was fun to see a lot of those things come back and there were still hurdles obviously and you're still testing and there's still you know games and, and tournaments and things like that that got shut down or moved or altered because of of illness and and we're not out of the woods by these things by any stretch but it was great i think for our kids to have a year that felt like it did before, you know, for the first time in a couple of years. And it's easy to take that for granted when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. You know, you, uh, I, I think if, and then can we broaden it out a little bit too, to, um, just feeling the, the community at our games and, yeah. you know, the connectivity with our fans and, uh, the highs and the lows. And, uh, those are just some awesome things that, you know, you cherish after you've gotten it unfortunately taken away from you. You know, when we did our night of champions and we did our champions ball this year, literally it was our seniors that were last connected to those, those actual functions face to face. And so you start thinking about that and uh, you know, you just remember some of the things that, you know, maybe like you said, you take for granted, but maybe you hit a pause button a little bit and say, you know what, pretty good stuff. Uh, You know, and again, we're in the, in some ways, we're, we're very much in the education business, but we're also in, to some degree, the results business. And so sometimes the results, uh, you know, they're, they're, sometimes it's going to be binary. I guess, I guess you could tie at times, but it's usually zero or one, but just appreciating the opportunity to actually be there for competition is exciting. Yeah, it was special. Yeah, there were some things there that, yeah when you get that first packed house in the Ralph or 12,000 people at the Alaris and, you know, the Betty alive and like, that's, those are the sorts of things that you missed, you know, and we, we missed that for a long time and it was, it was good to have those things back. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I guess I always have to be careful, right? Because I have uh, 17 children here and I can't, you know, just pick out somebody and just say this performance over that performance. But, you know, I, I think a couple things uh, do do stick out. I mean, it would be hard for us not to mention it is, you know, w- winning uh, a third straight Penrose, I think, you know, historically speaking, you know, that's never been done before. And so I think when you say that's never been done before, um, I think you kind of say that's probably worth at least articulating. And then the second one is the first time literally in a generation, 18 years, uh, you know, North Dakota State was at the Alara Center. And, um, Mm. you know, that particular day in itself, um, you know, incredibly important for the state of North Dakota. Uh, And that three hours is an amazing three hours. And now that we're, I guess, back on schedule, if you will, um, that's that's an exciting thing for for our fan base and for our alums. Yeah, no, two big two big days certainly in the I guess one one big day one six month period <laughs> to grind through. Um, yeah, it's it, it was a good year. Yeah, and like you said, there are certainly some some 
programs that you wish had a little more success or some tournaments that you wish went differently. But at this, at the end of the day, again, I think our student athletes had a great experience. And I think our fan base has a lot to be proud of, of the efforts they put in and all facets of the student athlete experience this past year. And as you said, you don't, you don't want the summer to rush by, like you need that time. Everybody needs that time to recharge and rethink some things and get creative and get ready to go for another school year. Um, but we are excited for the page to get turned again and to get ready for 2022, 2023, which won't be that far removed a couple of months. And we'll be right back at it for the fall. Absolutely. Exciting. And, and for sure, uh, you know, I know our, our, our programs all work really hard in the summer so that, uh, you know, we can, uh, we can be better uh, because we, 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 we do need to be better and uh, we're not satisfied. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting, uh, you know, thinking, uh, thinking about the future. Yeah. Well, speaking of future, um, summer is basically here. What's the Chaves family doing this summer? Summer vacation thoughts or summer activities? What's on deck for you and your wife and your kids if they if they choose to partake <laughs> now that they're adults? Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, as we're a couple bands ahead of um, your family, as far as uh, you know what what you can and cannot do is you know, the one thing i know is i've got i've got three um children that have their own lives going on so we kind of fit within there to see you know what they have going but uh probably the the um the one that's kind of interesting is uh my daughter who just graduated is uh uh down in nebraska the brownville theater company and so she's uh part of the uh company down there that does summer stock so her uh so she got she went down there uh, last week after graduation and uh, there she's in three shows out of the five that they do in the summer. And so she'll be there till mid August. So we've picked out a couple weekends where we can see all three shows. And so, uh, awesome. so I would say that we'll be down I 29 a little bit. Uh, that would be my thought. And eh, I'm sure we'll figure out a couple other things uh, along the way. How about you, Alex? What, what's your, uh, what's your plans? We have a one-year-old birthday party coming in June that we're very excited about. Uh, we'll get to spend some time um, with my folks uh, on their ranch out in, in Western South Dakota. So we're excited. The girls love going out there and we, we were out there for Easter. So fun to get back and see, see Nana and Grandpa for a little bit and help feed the cows and the horses and stuff. Um, other than that, it's it's going to be kind of a, a low-key summer. We usually kind of try and do every other summer, like have a a bigger group family vacation um, with my wife's family or with mine. This is one of the off summers. So we don't have anything really set, but it's, it's tricky when you've got a four and a half, a three and a almost one to sort of go do a bit, you know, take the crew and do a really big vacation right now. But that'll, that'll change soon. Um, they, they travel pretty well. We're not going to push it. <laughs> We're going to keep it local, do a lot of swimming, do, do the kid, the girls are in soccer. They do little soccer camps once a week. And so it'll be fun. We'll have a good time just hanging out as a little family. Well, that's awesome. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the temperature gauge will, 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 will cooperate here. Uh, I think we're talking about seventies at the end of the week, which is awesome. So, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're excited about it. I don't know if I'll make it back to New England or not. I, I, I may, we'll see what happens. Um, that's, mm. a, that's a possibility, but, um, you know, as we probably should flip to the B side right now. We probably can say if we do, it, it would seem like our Red Sox are a little bit different right now. Yeah, you, you maybe would be able to go and see a Red Sox win at Fenway if you went back that direction. Five on the spin, Bill. Five in a row. They, they get done sweeping. I mean, again, some, a lot of the, four of those games were against Seattle, but they won two or three against Houston. Four in a row against the Mariners. A great walk-off grand slam the other night. I mean, think, things maybe have started to settle a little bit and they're on the up and up. You just... 
It's a long season, right? It's a long, long season. You can't get caught up in what happens in April and early May. Sometimes. Well, we've got the additional uh, um, wild card as well. So, so you're going to mm-hmm. be in it uh, for unless you're completely. It, let's just say you're a hundred loss team, and I don't think they're a hundred loss team. But the um, couple things that they did do since the last pod is they've really moved Dahlbeck out of facing righties. And that's probably a good thing. He just was struggling so much. And so Cordero's come up and looks pretty good. I mean, he's, he's done okay. The bullpen looks better and Trevor story starting to get hot. And so I, you know, and they've been a little bit more patient at the plate, Alex. I, I mean, they were just so jumpy early on. It was just not great. And I almost wonder, you know, losing Schwarber's influence in that lineup, he was so good for them last year that maybe now they're finally, you know, getting back to where they were. Yeah, it was a different team. I mean, they didn't have like huge additions or subtractions outside of story, but it takes a little bit for a, a new team to come together. And sometimes like the Yankees, for example, they hit the ground running and have looked awesome the first two months of the season. And there was they didn't need any time to lead up. Other teams, though, you know, like like Boston this year, it can take a bit for, th- you know, you figure out everybody's role. And yeah, now they're close to 500 and seem to be competitive again on a night-by-night basis. And the sky's the limit. We'll see. Yeah, they, they you know, and they had some weird things happen to just uh, statistical trends is normally I don't think you lose your first seven uh, games and extra innings. <laughs> yeah. They, any close game, they found a way to lose. They just found a way to lose those games. And even if you win half of them or even a third or a fourth of them, all of a sudden, you're there above 500, you know, right now, if, if they don't lose every single one of those. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But at, le- at least they've been fun. It's not been a brutal watch lately. It's not been such a slow no, crushing. No, the pen's been better, which is good. I, I don't know if we're going to get much out of sale this year. I, I fear the worst there, quite frankly, but we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe James Paxton can can give us something at some stage of the game. We'll see. But they're going to they're gonna need to figure a few things out. But uh, yeah, they're better. They're, they're certainly better. And they certainly were underachieving uh, the first couple of pods for sure. Yeah. So baseball in its first two months of the season, English Premier League bill now done. What a crazy final day on Sunday. Nobody does it like the EPL where everybody plays at the same time. It's 10 matches. There's, did you get a chance to watch the the two hour drama that unfolded? What a passion play bill across England. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you know, so there's a couple things and you're a thousand percent correct. Like, that get that those games last within i'll call it literally minutes of each other they 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 start and they end and they do it right they just do it right and uh you know i guess at the nfl they just can't deal with all their television windows like they ju- yeah. you know they just can't do, can't it, do it right they can't just it. can't do it it's not possible they they make a choice on the front end to sell certain windows to to all different partners and you'd have to go back and say it's going to be let's call it sunday three o'clock eastern that mean you know noon right pacific and, and and all the way that that's what you'd have to do i still think it'd be pretty exciting 
I do. I will say the NFL did a good job this last year of moving some games around. So you had the games that really affected yep. the playoff picture yep. happening at the same time. So they at least tried that. If it was a dead rubber, you were playing at noon central time. If there was some stakes involved, it seemed like they pushed it to the afternoon. Window. Well, the other thing they did too uh, is uh, make sure that you're playing within your own division. That's it too. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so they've, they've done, I think, what they could do in that regard. But um, yeah, it, it was really amazing to tell you the truth. I, I was hopeful as a Spurs fan that it was going to be really uneventful. And it generally it was. was. It was in that sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, five, one, five, five zero. Nil. Yeah. Five nil against Norwich. Yep. So they, yeah, going in, if you weren't tracking on this, Spurs basically just needed essentially a point right assuming our depending on what arsenal would do but they were pretty much in for fourth place based on how the last couple of weeks of the season had gone and then they smashed the team that was <laughs> been relegated maybe a month ago or so uh, and took care of business there even though arsenal beat up on everton who by the way everton did you see the scenes on thursday so they play on thursday and they need three points to clinch safety and this is a big club everton is the big rival of liverpool and they've been a champion in england gosh i mean eight times over like they're it's a, it's a big club and they're in 17th and they had been in the relegation zone for a lot of the season and they go down two nothing to crystal palace and they had lost the, the week before and you could just sense like this is this is not going to end well for this team and they come back and score three goals in the second half and they win the match and they secure safety essentially and the scenes on the fields were insane like complete pitch invasion as the game is going on after they score that third goal uh, and that's who Arsenal got to play, this hungover <laughs> Everton team, who they then thumped for 405 to 1. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this this weekend's, you know, the the race for fourth, really, the drama was pretty much taken out of it right away when Spurs started scoring goals. The race for first and the race at the bottom, incredible, Bill. Like such swings of this team's gonna win, this team's going down. Nope, just kidding. It's the other way. It was as a Liverpool fan, it was obviously it didn't turn out the way that I wanted to, but um, but for America, Bill, how about Jesse Marsh's Leeds United getting the job done? Yeah, so so the, yeah, a the, the couple things is uh, so Coach Logan, who also is a Liverpool fan, um, was uh, giving me a few texts. Uh, sad <laughs> that we tied you, I guess, the, which maybe maybe cost you or not. But I reminded him that the Spurs did beat City, so that probably yeah. helped Liverpool. So actually, you were plus one. Or maybe in plus two. <laughs> plus two. Plus two. Plus two you are a plus sense, two yeah. in that exchange. So so I don't think we're a part of this. Uh, but he said that, and I, I, don't, I would love to get your take on this, is he said, interestingly, I think we wanted that and City wanted that, which you're playing for this mm. Saturday, in a sense. And it's like, yeah. it's just kind of fascinating. I know you wanted all four, but at the end of the day, if you had to choose, which one would you rather have the premier title or champions league title? Yeah. I, th- I mean, it's, you kind of want the one that you never get, right? I think, isn't that sort of how it is? And you want the one that is sort of quote unquote hardest for you to win. And for city, they've never won the champions league. And for Liverpool, they've only won the premier league once. And obviously they've won a ton of English top flight championships before the nineties when they made that move. But uh, yeah, I think Liverpool really wanted the league and they come up one point short and City really wanted the Champions League and they get knocked out in the semifinals. It's it's crazy how that works out. But obviously, if if Liverpool go on next week and they beat Real Madrid in Paris, I mean, it's still I mean, three trophies in a year, you win three cup competitions. It'd be unbelievable. Even two like 
most teams would bite your arm off for one bill, and Liverpool already have two in the tree. Yeah, <laughs> Spurs fans, for example, would do whatever it takes to win something. So it's been a tremendously successful season. And there were moments there when City was trailing 2 0 to Aston Villa. It looked like this might happen. Like they they might actually win this, but so a co- yeah, couple of things that are really interesting with the Liverpool year, and I, I probably should have the the actual record, but it, it's something crazy like 56 3 and uh, 2 or something like that like mm. yeah it's just amazing costs, yeah. right in all competitions what 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 that record is i mean it's it's really nuts to tell you the truth i mean uh, you're really in a golden time right now between city and liverpool and uh, amazingly within the last 5 years you've lost twice now by a point to city right yeah I mean, it's it's just, that's just hard to believe over 38 matches. And so, um, you know, in some ways, right. It's, it's, it's like winning the Penrose. It's, it's, it's over that time frame, which it's just, there's going to be so many ups and downs that you've have to weather the storm on some things. And, uh, uh, just incredible. I, I have to admit to you, I was, I was rooting for leads to stay up because, uh, Burnley's been on that edge for a long period of time. Uh, we don't do too, too well against Burnley. So, you know what? I, I'm, I'm okay that they're in the championship. Get them out of here. Yeah, yeah. good for Leeds. That was wild, too, because they didn't control their own destiny no. going in. But then Burnley lost and Leeds won. And just great scenes with, again, an American coach from Wisconsin in that position. Got put in midway through the season after they fired Marcelo Bielsa. And for them to... To see, you know, to find a way to get the job done in the end—that's that's pretty cool. That bodes well for for the future of U.S. coaches in that country. So it, this is all depends whether or not you know, like a Brad Schlossman or a Paul Ralston will hang in there to this part of the B side. But uh, <laughs> huge to finish fourth for the Spurs, number one over Arsenal, which is huge. Then Antonio Conte maybe stays which you never know his he would i think he will now you would think that you got certainly a better chance i don't think you're going to have any harry kane conversations right now especially if now that you have champions uh league play plus potentially conte coming back and then you know you can start building up your roster again a little bit and i think this is the point where you're going to have to because you're going to have to go all in here for the next you know couple years because a Newcastle United's coming, you know, Man U is not going to have, I don't think as bad a year as they had this year. I mean, I, that was the yeah. one little tweak. I kind of <laughs> wish they kind of finished seventh and they had the opportunity to go to the conference, but that will be West Ham next year. Yeah. 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 It's uh next season will be different. I mean, Man City brings in Erling Broad Holland from Borussia Dortmund. So they strengthen, um, you know, you never know. Chelsea, I'm sure will make a move. They'll have new ownership. Tottenham, who knows? Arsenal, Manchester United will sign people. Like everybody will sort of quote unquote get better and it's going to be another dogfight. But it just, like you said, to back to your point, like 38 games, the best team wins. You, you do, it's not a fluke when you win a league championship that is cumulative like that. You can have flukes in tournaments, not in a 38 game or again in the 24 I mean, game season. Like the best team wins that. So hats off to City. I got four, four titles in five years. And as you said, Liverpool pushed them to the brink in two of those, and they won the other one that City didn't win. Uh, it's just really tough to beat that team and to beat that coach. They just seem to find a way. And they obviously have unlimited resources, which helps. But they still have to go get the job done on the pitch, and they did so again. So hats off to them. 
<sighs> and you're feeling okay against Real Madrid this weekend? I would, I would think, I, I don't know who's favorite at this point. I would assume Liverpool is, but again, I, we all know it's, it's literally one match, right? Coin flip. To me, I think I think these should be I think these should be even odds. Mm. I think Liverpool is favored, but Real haven't had to do anything really for the last two weeks or so. They wrapped up La Liga a couple of weeks ago. They have been able to get their guys match ready for this as the focus. Where Liverpool had to have an FA Cup final and then all of these Premier League games in between their semi to get ready for this Champions League final. And so Fabinho, who's a key figure for them in midfield is coming back from a hamstring injury. Tiago Alcantara had an Achilles injury that he suffered on Sunday. He's possible to be back in time, but that's two key guys, like two starters in midfield who are either, you know, they they will be limited. Uh, And that's a big miss. Like that's, that's an area where normally you would say Liverpool would have an advantage. And now, they probably don't if those guys aren't fit. Mo Salah's coming off an injury. Virgil van Dijk did not play at the weekend. So they they are, if everybody was fit, yeah, you'd say Liverpool would be favored. But this is a Real Madrid team that just seemed to win these games. They have won 13 Champions League titles, four of them in the last decade, including one of them over Liverpool uh, in 2018. So there will be some fireworks in Paris. And I hope that there is a handball in Liverpool's favor in the first 60 seconds and that we go up one nothing, and then we, we go from there. Yes, so yes. That's, that's a bring that up, Bill. But that's, that's, that's Gab. Nice. That's right. So, so Alex, <laughs> the last thing is, and I will leave on a cliffhanger, is so two other matches. I don't know if you caught Sunderland. That was interesting. And good for Promotion. them, that Sunderland Promotion fan Promotion for the base. Black Cats. Yep. That was a, they had not had Wembley success, but Sunderland now is in the championship, back up in the championship. And on Sunday, this is the cliffhanger, is a team I watched when I was about seven years old on, on uh, public television, uh, Sunday mornings, Nottingham Forest, trying to go up yeah. to the Premier League mm-hmm. against Huddersfield. And so this pod will not know what's going to happen until the next time we pod. <laughs> I know the the most expensive or the richest match in in all of sport. That's uh, that Premier League promotion playoff, uh, and that's a lot. Nottingham Forest have not been up for a long time, and Huddersfield remember was up in the top flight just a couple of years ago, and it's 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 finally poised. It's it's going to be fun to see who's able to come out on top to join the big boys in the top, or who has to go back to the championship for another year. So I would trust, and you would be able to tell me this. I would assume. Forest is a big club. I mean, would you say, would you categorize them? I mean, they, they certainly yeah. have great history. They're, they're a bigger club than Huddersfield, I would say. Um, yeah, they, for a lot in the normal pre Premier League era, they would have been a fixture of the top flight and they've won, I believe, I believe Forest has won a European Cup. Like they've, they've had success, you know, both domestically and around the continent, but they've just not been a factor really for much of the for the last 20 years or so in the Premier League you'd have to go back to the early 90s when the Premier League was first formed I think was the last time they were up it's it's been a while for Forest but a great club great colors uh great kit um good history so it'd be fun to see it's it's Huddersfield was a great story too I mean that's um Sir Patrick Stewart's club and they had an American manager for a little bit and there's there's some positive things about the Terriers as well but you like to see a new team and their fan base get a chance at the top flight again after being in the wilderness for so long yeah I you know and again I I think uh the other two uh coming back up I think are what Fulham and Bournemouth so I think the the Cherries will be will be back up 
Yeah, it's, it's a couple of yo-yo clubs. Fulham, it's it's a, what, what will it be? It'll be an even year 2022. So this is their time to come up. They seem to go up and then down and then up and then down. And I think this is the third time in the last five years that they've been up and then they just immediately get dropped. Them and, them and Norwich have that reputation. Yeah, right they now. go back and forth. And I think I think you're either calling back someone or purchasing someone Liverpool from Fulham. So I think there's... Yeah, um, Fabio Cavallo, yep, who's an attacking midfielder. They just signed, yep, bringing him over from the Cottagers. So yeah, it's fun to see some uh, some new blood. Fulham, Fulham have American owners. Um, Shad Khan, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, is the owner of Fulham. And <laughs> we'll see how they fare. They got hammered the last time they were up, but uh, maybe they've learned their lesson. So we will see. Time will tell. Last thing, and then we sign off for the year. It is interesting when you're playing teams at the bottom of the table and depending on how they're going to play. Right. And so yeah, Norwich, it was like, mm, I was watching them and I'm like, yeah, they're a little open. I think they're going to be susceptible. <laughs> yeah. And they were, uh, they were not a very good defensive team. Yeah. And, but you take a team like that, that's, what's so fun about this. Like sometimes teams can come up like Brentford, for example, this last year, who had never been in the top flight in the Premier League era. And they just fit right in, you know, they played a, kind of a pseudo aggressive style like high press but also pretty stable at the back and had good players and smart coach and thomas frank and they survive comfortably where a team like norwich that has been used to premier league football just haven't been able to figure it out for whatever reason so it it just because you've either been a team that's experienced it before doesn't mean you're going to have success and just because you've not been in the top flight for a long long time doesn't mean you're doomed to go right back down it just it's a hard league to stay in and so credit those teams everton for example credit those teams for being able to figure it out in the end and survive a relegation battle if american sports had relegation bill the world would be a better place. I, I would agree. I would agree. And, you know, I, a quick, quick, quick little shout out. I, you know, who was the sneaky, sneaky, probably team of the year to some degree. I thought they played pretty well. It was Brighton. Brighton had a nice end of the season. I mean, again, I, they just, uh, they were, they were a pain for a lot of teams. That was your guy, Graham Potter. That's who you wanted. He did a nice job. Manager. Did a nice job. Did a nice job. But you're right. Brentford, fun to watch that team. Uh, kind of like they, they, they were teams are interesting when they come up. Are, are they prepared to play a style that can at least give them a chance, or did they play a style that honestly it's 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 just not going to go well in the Premier League because yeah. it's just going to be better players? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's how it goes. That's what happens, obviously, to the poor Canaries the last couple of seasons. And <laughs> that's right. We'll see if they can find their way back up for twenty twenty three. Well, we appreciate everything that that Midco does for, for this podcast alex you for sure and uh i know i enjoy it and uh hopefully more importantly uh, let's hope uh, others enjoy it and, and they get some kernels of uh information of what's going on at und and if they stick with us on the other side they can uh they can uh, good for them so be it. Yeah. <laughs> so be it. <laughs> no, we do appreciate everybody listening. And for those who sent in questions this year, thank you. Uh, more of that to come in season number five. But yeah, this will do it for our fourth season. Bill, episode number 113 in the books of the Bill Chaves podcast. And I've enjoyed every single one of them. So always a pleasure catching up and chatting with you on a semi-weekly, every other week basis. And we'll do it again sometime this summer is the plan. Sounds good, Alex. Awesome. For Bill Chaves, for special guest Tyler Burmeister, for our co-producers Cassie Niles and Kyle Doporowski and our entire UND Athletics and Midco team. I'm Alex Heinert. Thanks again for listening all season long. Enjoy your summer and we will talk to you soon. Take care.